Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Blackhawks Live. Fire! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, time to talk hockey, time to talk Hawks. Kane got it back, put it to right circle, score, shoots and scores! Patrick Kane in the lightning zone, he shoots and scores! Patrick Kane from the high slot! It's time for Blackhawks Live. The Hawks have won the Stanley Cup! Here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. It's go time! Well, as excited as we are each and every week for Blackhawks Live, I'm going to be a little bit honest. I'm a little bit, just a little bit, more excited for next week's show. And it has nothing to do with who's on the show. It has nothing to do with the content at all. Care to take a guess? No, I I have no idea what you're talking about here. Sunlight. I think we're going to have a little bit more sunlight when we come into the station next week. We can, and we we can tweet pretty pictures out from the studio. We can like do that. So many uh, WGN radio employees do. <laughs> he is WGN TV's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to Blackhawks Live as we get you set up for the upcoming week and recollect on the previous week. But uh, more importantly, we've got Kaylee Chelios on the show later on today. Also, plenty to talk about the, about the Blackhawks now officially being in rebuild mode. So there's going to be a lot of conversations about a lot of different players on who will stay, who will go, why that may be the case, and uh, you know what are the Blackhawks going to do with some very important pieces on this current roster. And uh, how many of those pieces will allow them to be moved? Uh, that, that's uh, probably the biggest right. point of conversation as, uh, as the trade deadline is exactly two weeks from tonight. So we will have much to discuss on that particular evening. That's, I, I thought you just got your weeks messed up, that you were really looking forward to the one two weeks from today, not next week. Well, that too. So we'll, I, have, I, we'll have sun or daylight <laughs> and a trade deadline there you go. to talk about on the 21st. But... Uh, what a uh, what a uh, I don't know weird stew of a week since our last show because a thrilling night against the Edmonton Oilers, which you know was capped off by Alex DeBrinket's overtime goal. But man, seeing and hearing Nick Jalmerson once again, yeah. real cool tribute video, um, and then Duncan Keith's return as well. Uh, the Blackhawks. Uh, as as they often and, and normally do, they they did those two guys proud with uh, their video presentations. Uh, I was glad to see the love that each of those two three time Stanley Cup winners got from the crowd that particular night. Uh, so that was the high. And then Saturday afternoon, all you need to know is the Blackhawks are in Philadelphia. So that <laughs> that pretty much explains everything. And then last night. I thought they played pretty well for two periods. I went back and watched it today because I was tied up a little bit over at Channel 9 working on some other things last night, so I could only keep one eye on it. But uh, they played pretty well, an excellent first period. But, man, Kirby Doc gets denied. Vasilevsky comes up big. Uh, Patrick Kane had that late chance when Vasilevsky just stoned him. They had two real good-looking power plays in that second period. But when it comes to the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending champs, all teams that are in that elite stage, you got to cash in when you have your opportunities. Because then, as soon as uh, the light went on, the old uh, flip of the switch, 
uh, all of a sudden the avalanche occurred. And we're not talking Colorado. It was a it was a lightning bolt uh, of what uh, Tampa Bay did and, and put that game away fairly quickly, late in the second and early in the third. Tampa Bay showered the Blackhawks with six goals later on. Mm-hmm. I, I, as much as I hate to say it, after they were down one nothing in the first period, knowing that they could have had a two zero three zero lead. You just had that feeling right. like this is when this better team is going to start turning things around in the second period. It's it's really going to come down to the Blackhawks' response, and it even looked good after that. I mean, they coughed up the lead. Patrick Kane uh, does a phenomenal shot of just slowly drawing off the defenseman and then just ripping one past Vasilevsky and uh, giving the Hawks a 2-1 lead, but then four straight unanswered, no, five straight unanswered goals mm. by Tampa Bay after that. And, uh, man, I, the opportunities that the Hawks had and just getting denied, 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 and the one save on Patrick Kane out of this world. Kane and Dabrinka just leaning over on their knees behind the net, just in disbelief. That and the, that puck I, the didn't ice old Patrick afterward behind the net, looking up at the scoreboard, and you could see he was saying, "Oh my right? God!" But I also, "Oh my God!" Did Patrick on the pass to Dylan Strome? <laughs> yes, yes. What a, what a remarkable play to with what he did backhanded. What about a 60, 65 foot pass right to the tape through a couple of Tampa Bay defenders right to the tape of Dylan Strome? Uh, I guess that's what you have to do to beat Andre Vasilevsky consistently is have a play like that. And man, that was, uh, that was under the radar marvelous. If nobody, uh, looked at it any more closer than an assist in the box score, a primary assist in the box score. A couple of really good games for Dylan Strome, three goals over his last two. And what does this mean for him now? That is a very good question, Chris Bowden. Uh, man, have we had this conversation year in and year out? Um, what what do the Blackhawks have in Dylan Strome? What is Dylan Strome? It's it's it, I think it's still tough to tell his floor and his ceiling. I'm I'm incredibly pleased with what has gone on recently with him because of the way he's maintained his attitude, uh, the teammate he's continued to be when he went through a really rough time under Jeremy Colleton, uh, being put on that third and fourth line, being a healthy scratch, and just still keeping a positive, upbeat attitude this entire time. And now he's getting rewarded for it. And you would like to think that this is always going to be Dylan Strome, but looking at history, that that's just not the case. He had this surge when he first got traded over to the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. That tended to fizzle out. Uh, and it even got to a point where you think, okay, he's never going to reach that uh, high point again. Now hopefully we're there. But uh, it's, it's quite the question. He's still a young, valuable piece. Patrick, 25 today. Happy birthday, Dylan Oh, that's Strom. right. Good call. Good call. We missed Sam Lafferty's birthday yesterday. <laughs> so good call on Dylan Strom's birthday. But but yes, you're absolutely right. And, and Patrick Kane went out of his way to be very vocal about how important a guy like Dylan Strom is on an organization and a team like this. And I think that's the other thing that the Blackhawks and Blackhawks fans need to look at. It's not just about these guys' talent. I mean, guys like Jake McCabe, Tyler Johnson, even Jujar Kara. I know he's got only one more year left on his contract uh, after this year, but how are these guys still useful on the roster in a rebuild situation mm-hmm. next year, the following year? Because everyone keeps talking about how great they are in a clubhouse, on the bench. I think there's still a lot of value right there. And that's one of the other entities that Kyle Davidson's going to have to weigh out when he starts talking with other teams mm-hmm. about what guy am I pulling the trigger on? What guy do I want here for the future? And also, probably, you know, if you were inclined to keep Dylan Strom as part of this contract up, yeah. what, 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 what's he going to cost? In the end, 
you know, you may look at his numbers at the end of the season, knowing it's been kind of a roller coaster ride as he's gone through the last couple of years since coming over from Arizona. And, you know, the numbers may end up looking decent when all is said and done at the end of April. Now, you know, after going zero points in the previous six, although I thought, you know, you watch him very close too. You know, I thought even though he went scoreless in those previous six games before three goals and five points in the last three, uh, even though he didn't have any production, he was playing some pretty decent hockey with yes. the guys he was playing with. Uh, pretty solid all around. So, yeah, when it comes to production, it's uh, a little bit quirky, but, um, you know, that, that's that's kind of the, the hit or miss that we've gotten from Dylan Strom ever since he, he came over a couple of years ago. And when he did come over, it was it was through the extent of that entire season that he played really well. Right. So you're thinking, okay, change of scenery. That's all that was needed. And uh didn't quite work out that way. It's a good thing for Dylan Strom. It's a good thing for the Blackhawks. It's just definitely something to think about a little bit more. Speaking of Dylan Strom, our Boyke's prize pack giveaway trivia question this week is, what former Blackhawk collected a seven-point game this week. What former Blackhawk collected a seven-point game this week? 312-981-7200. If you call in with the correct answer, if you're the first caller, that is, you win a Boyke's prize pack. It is not beef jerky. It's Bill Tong. It's better. I was giving it around the entire station last week, and people couldn't get enough of the stuff. I even ran into David Jennings on my way out, and he's like, do you have one more of the the smoked biltong? I'm like, okay, here you go, David Jennings. You, you've you earned it. Uh, it's great stuff. B-O-I-K-E-Y-S dot com. Use the promo code WGN. I also think there's a new promo code uh, called Joe Puck. I, I could be wrong. Give it a try. See if it works. Wow. That's, what I, that's what I was told by sales, but I haven't given it a go huh. yet. Uh, B-O-I-K-E-Y-S dot right com. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what it gets you first. Uh, again, what former Blackhawk collected a seven-point game earlier this week, 312-981-7200. We've got more to get to. You're listening to Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. The Patrick Kane right faceoff dot. Over to Brick and a one-timer. Turn away to Brick and again. A shot. He scores! Overtime game-winning goal for the Cat. His 50th career power play goal. And the Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers in overtime 4-3. That was Thursday night at the United Center. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks couldn't keep on rolling with that after falling to Philadelphia and then Tampa Bay, but it was a really fun atmosphere at the UC. The past two days, the past two home games, that is, with, as Chris Bowden had mentioned earlier, Nick Jalmerson, Duncan Keith being recognized on Thursday, Kyle Davidson's first official game as the official general manager of the Blackhawks, and then yesterday being Women's Celebration Day in uh in honor of uh, Women's History Month and coming up International Women's Day. And again, we've got Kaylee Chelios joining us after the 7.30 news. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to Blackhawks Live. We posed a question to you, which former Blackhawk collected seven points in one game earlier this week? Joe from Barrington says he's got the right answer. Joe? Yes. Who? What? Hello? Yeah. Hi, Joe. What former Blackhawks player? And great name, by the way. What former Blackhawks player collected seven points in one game? Nick Schmaltz. Nick Schmaltz. Can you tell us where and when? Oh, don't worry. It's it's it's. He's with Arizona, right? Correct. Right. right. Okay. Uh, in exchange for Dylan Strome. So there. I'm sorry. In exchange for Dylan Strome. True. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. 
I could not believe it on Saturday when I looked at my phone. It was Saturday, and it was at home <laughs> against the Ottawa Senators. And you know the whole the whole cartoon thing where the, the eyes just come out of their sockets. Yes, I, 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 yeah. I could not believe that he had a seven point nine, two goals, five assists. Good for Nick, great guy. Uh, but yeah. you know, kind of uh, out of the Dylan Strome mold here in Chicago. Ups, downs, roller coaster ride. He's still experiencing the same thing. Uh, a couple of former first round draft picks uh, trying to trying to settle into the NHL. Still kind of finding their way, but he certainly found his way on Saturday night. Good for Nick Schmaltz. Good for Dylan Strom. Good for you, Joe. Congratulations on winning a Boykey's prize pack. Have you heard about Boykey's? What it is? Uh, briefly, yes, but. Go ahead. You can. <laughs> oh, I thank you. How, how kind of you. Uh, yes, he's not a. He's not just a host. He's a pitch man too. <laughs> it's uh, it's not beef jerky. It's like beef jerky, but it's better than beef jerky. It's biltong. It's fresher. It's uh, it's it's a lot more tender, and I think you're going to enjoy it very. You'll very find much. out soon enough, Joe. It'll, it'll well, come in the mail. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it, Joe. Thanks a lot. Congratulations. That's Joe from Barrington hitting the right answer of Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, Nick Schmaltz with a seven-point game, two goals, five assists. Uh, so quite a week for the Nick Schmaltz-Dylan Strom trade. Uh, yeah. Ten and, total points for the two players over the weekend. And uh, also, he's the first player since a guy did it against the Blackhawks in 2012, and I remember that game very well um, when I was doing TV. In Edmonton, Sam Gagne just lift the Hawks up. I think he had five goals, two assists, something like that. But okay. it was ridiculous. So that that's the first time since 2012 that uh, someone had seven points. And I'm going to cough right now, so take it away, Joe. <laughs> wow, wow. There's a cough button for a reason, but I, I love the, uh, the warning of the cough. Um, not only that, he set the Winnipeg Jets, Arizona Coyotes franchise record for most points in a game. Out of all the great players who have played for those two franchises. Be careful there, because one of the guys he passed up, Six points, December 21st, 1991, Eddie Olchek. Yeah. And uh, I saw Hedzo yesterday, and I go, hey, man, I'm really sorry. And he's like, for what? Like, for no longer being the co-leader of most points in in a game for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, Winnipeg Jets franchise. He's like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> I bring up Schmaltz. He's like, oh, it doesn't count. It's an Arizona thing. I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. we'll, we'll give him that. Um, but, you know, we've talked about Dylan Strome. Uh, clearly making his way into these uh, trade discussions. Uh, the Marc-Andre Fleury situation is probably still the biggest. Uh, his name being floated around kind of a lot now these past couple of days with rumors. I honestly have gotten the impression over the past couple of weeks. I mean, when, when Marc-Andre Fleury first sat down a couple weeks ago and talked to the media for the first time in a while about moving on, or the possibility of moving on, I should say, I mean, he even phrased it as, well, if, right, if I'd like to go somewhere, it'd clearly be somewhere I'd like to win. Um, he's clearly enjoying his time here in Chicago. He mentioned he would definitely consider being here in Chicago next year, regardless of what happens with the Hawks, he and the Hawks, I should say, this year. And then Kyle Davidson goes ahead and says, you know, we just want to be true and do right by this man because he's mm-hmm. only been stellar in the clubhouse, stellar in between the pipes, and stellar for organization. We want to do basically what he wants to do. I'm paraphrasing there, but that's basically the impression that we got. I would honestly think that Marc-Andre Fleury finishes this year with the Blackhawks. I, I don't have a crystal ball. That's not an inside source. That's just kind of a gut feeling with how everything is gone. I, I think we've brought this up before, or at least I brought up this thought. The man has three Stanley Cups. I understand professional athletes want to win as much as they can. 
But who knows? Maybe maybe he's okay with his three cups, and he just wants to have his family happy right now, and right now that's in Chicago. Yeah, and, and there are certainly some contenders who are a little bit weak in the goaltending uh, area that, that would love to have Marc-Andre Fleury. Then it's just a matter of how much they would want to offer the Blackhawks, um, what the Blackhawks would be looking for. Uh, I saw uh, in a piece in The Athletic today, um, Fleury's agent, Alan Walsh, uh, I didn't see Walsh tweet this, and he tweets a lot, (laughs) but uh, he must have uh, responded to an inquiry by The Athletic about Fleury's status because there was a report over the weekend from out of Toronto that Fleury has told the Blackhawks he doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay and stick out the season in Chicago. But Alan Walsh told The Athletic, at least today, uh, quote, no decision has been made. All options remain on the table. So as we hit the uh, countdown to the two-week deadline, uh, that's obviously the, the biggest story to watch uh, inside as far as what what the Blackhawks are going to do moves-wise. And you got to feel like the Blackhawks' main concern right now is gaining a first-round pick, which they, they don't have after the Seth Jones trade. And you would think that Marc-Andre Fleury is probably their best way of obtaining that. Um, like you mentioned, a lot of teams out there that are looking to be Stanley Cup qualifiers are needing to fill that hole of a good goaltender, and who better than Marc-Andre Fleury to do that? Uh, the Brandon Hagel thing, man, that's still that, this is a big reason why I'm glad I'm not Kyle Davidson, because that, that would be such a difficult decision in my uh-huh. book. Brandon Hagel is a young, reliable, spark plug of a player, but if you're going to get something for him... Do you do that? Yeah. It's it's just a very fine line to walk. And Brandon seems to be handling it pretty well, too, after he had that hat trick about <laughs> two weeks ago. said, well, they might get a number one for me now after how much <laughs> improved his stock. But, uh, yeah, there's also a report, Frank Saravelli today, a report claiming that, you know, maybe the Blackhawks and Maple Leafs are in some talks. Perhaps a third team might need to get in there uh, concerning Fleury and, if not, a bigger deal with, uh, with Hagel. So, um it remains to be seen. This is this is uh, the rumor time of the uh, season. Uh, T minus two weeks to the trade deadline. So uh, all we can do is is wait and see because uh, um, most of these GMs do a pretty good job of keeping their uh, their lips zipped as uh, we uh, barrel down down toward the trade deadline. Yeah, the trade deadline coming up two weeks from today. So we'll have. Well, I mean, this happened a couple of years ago too. Where well, we recorded a podcast right after the trade deadline mm-hmm. when. Uh, the Blackhawks did away with Robin Leonard. But, uh, yeah, so technically we have one more show before the end of the trade deadline because it'll had come and passed on the 21st. So that will be a, an exciting show. You're right. I, I keep talking about how I, I, I'm looking forward to next week, but everyone's thrilled for sunlight next week. We look forward to Blackhawks Live every week. That's true. That's so. true. And we're looking forward to our guest who's coming up after this news. It's going to be Kaylee Chelios who was on the TV call with the great Pat Foley during last night's game, breaking down the Blackhawks and her former team of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's it was kind of a cool reunion for her as well. Uh, fantastic job done by the Blackhawks last night for Women's Celebration Day. Had Team USA there out on the ice. So many Illinois connections. We were lucky enough to have Savannah Harmon and Kendall Coyne Schofield up in the radio booth. They were both fantastic. Uh, Savannah Harmon talked about how how cool it was to to go down on the ice and and live that moment of mm-hmm. Jim Cornelison singing the national anthem. <laughs> you know, I mean we we all get to experience it 
in the stands, but I, I can't imagine what the acoustics are like down. Yeah, the I ice. heard that interview. You did, a, you did a great job with her, and uh, she's she's a uh, very uh, open and uh, buoyant personality. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was good stuff, and uh, glad to see uh, one of the local girls who uh, really is someone to look up to uh, for yeah. all the, for all the local whether it's local girls or those around the country, just like Kaylee is for potential broadcasters to uh, to uh, have her on and uh, be recognized before the game last night. Yeah, absolutely. We've had Kaylee Chelios on these airwaves breaking down the game with John Weideman. She does pre and post on NBC Sports Chicago. She does color commentary for NBC Sports Chicago as well, so we're going to have plenty to talk with her about coming up after the news. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. It's Blackhawks Live. Blackhawks Live 720 here on 720 WGN. He's WGN-TV's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. You've heard Kaylee Chelios here on WGN Radio. You've seen her on NBC Sports Chicago. If you happen to be down in Florida the past couple of years, you probably heard and saw her there as well. But she joins us on Blackhawks Live after being on the call with Pat Foley last night. Kaylee, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy Monday nights. I know you've uh, you know put aside your Blackhawks duties and taken on your motherly duties duties, which you do each and every day. Are the kids all ready to bed? Are, are we keeping them up too late right now? No, we're good, Joe. Thanks for having me on tonight. I have my husband on double duty, which he's not pumped about, but he's doing uh, my son's bottle and my daughter's bath. Wow. And then we did my brother's birthday earlier, so we had a big night for a Monday. Jeez. Well, even you trained him well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Even more the uh, reason to thank you for being on with us then. Uh, but, you know, Kaylee, you've been doing so many games this year, but I'm sure yesterday was may have been just a little bit more significant, a little bit more special. Uh, Women's Celebration Day, the Blackhawks going against your former team. What, what was some of the, the feelings like yesterday? It was pretty incredible. I mean, I, I don't think I could have, like, picked a better day for me personally. Um to be able to have that opportunity. I mean, I never dreamed I would be in the booth and like walking in there and seeing Edzo's taped name on the stool. <laughs> you know, it's just not a, it's not a space I ever thought I'd be in. And I never thought to like, how, how could it line up this well where I'm getting to talk to or getting to, you know, be in the booth against the team that I covered for six seasons. So it was like a, a really special day, just getting to see all my former friends and colleagues in Tampa Bay and all the players that I covered for six years uh, earlier in the day. And then it made it that much more special to join Pat up there and, and get to watch that game. So it's an unfortunate outcome for the Blackhawks, but that was a, a really, a great, it was just great for me personally. It meant a lot. It was special and kind of surreal. Um, you know, I always dreamed of being back in Chicago and I never thought that I'd be in that seat when I did, but in general, it was just an amazing day seeing all the Olympians come back and all the pride uh, in Team USA, and just it was just a great day. I mean, every day is International Women's Day for most people, but it's great to see and recognize the women in some of these roles that most people wouldn't normally see. I mean, there's one female off-ice official back in Tampa. There was one NHL Zamboni driver who was a female, so there's just more and more women occupying different spaces and i think representation is so important so it, it was a great day yeah you're doing a great job on, on every platform that you're, you're handed Let, let's get the difficult question out of the way though first from me and that is of all the people you have worked with pre-game post-game color analyst play-by-play tv radio who's your very favorite one to work with joe <laughs> Is, you, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to answer that. 
I did this to somebody else too. So, uh, you and, can, you, and, and as always, you don't have to answer that. You can ignore that question. But uh, I can't answer that one as far as favorites. I have no favorites. But Joe is Joe's coming, becoming one of my favorites. I'll say that. All right. That yeah. All right, I'll take it. No, Joe, you're great. But I will say, I, I have to like just say. I've, I think my original play-by-play partner from Tampa Bay, I mean, he's the reason I kind of was able to get started by generously allowing me to share the booth with him on the road when I started in Tampa, and he's been a mentor and a teacher, but also just a brilliant hockey mind. He's a very intelligent person, but a great person, too. So I have to say he's he's still somebody who I talk with regularly and admire, and uh, he's probably one of the more important people in my life as far as uh, how I got to where I am right now in my career, but in all the places I'll go, he's always somebody I can go back to and hopefully remind me of why I should be somewhere, why I should have the confidence to do what I want to do, and he's just been a huge part of that. Well, uh, the, the Blackhawks are, are you know uh, are, are on their way to becoming a very forward-thinking, progressive organization compared to you know the, the way they have, may have had been in the past, but. How eye-opening was it for you over the course of the last couple of months to see what the Vancouver Canucks have done with their front office? Because uh, there were some openings there, and they in particular really thought outside the box. And, and how much amazement and pride do you have with uh, the, the, the example that the Canucks have set for hopefully some other teams uh, across the board in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it. I always thought, you know, maybe one day, but I, that's those thoughts really didn't even occur to me until just a couple of years ago that that would be a possibility that Cami Granato could hold the position she is and just continue to be a trailblazer and them, you know, recognizing that it's important, again, to have representation the same way as Seattle Kraken um, mm-hmm. have done a great job at incorporating their first um, black play-by-play and color analyst in the booth, the first one ever in the NHL. I mean, I think teams are just doing a great job at, at recognizing that. And for Vancouver, that was a huge step and they made history and there's going to be a lot more young women uh, because of Cami Granado having the courage and the confidence to do what most people believe she really didn't have the ability to do, nor should she. And some of people, you know, for whatever reason in the state age still think gender matters. And it's great to show that women do belong in these roles and they can do them. And I think it's just going to be incredible in another 10 years or so how many talented women are in these spaces. And it's just not, no one's going to think about them as, oh, there's a woman there. I think that's where we're getting to. So what Vancouver has done is uh it, i mean it's historic like i said it's huge and right now there's a movement and i think women like cammy we just want to keep it keep it going and it's it's going to serve all the women after us so well speaking of trailblazers kendall coin schofield obviously at the united center yesterday she actually uh, had a, a press meeting with the media before the game and talked about you being on the broadcast, and she said she was a little bummed that she was at the game because then she couldn't watch and listen to you. But what kind of relationship have you developed with her over the years, and you know what kind of impact has she made on you? I've always enjoyed watching Kendall, and the most fun part for me was after she made her big splash at the 2018 All-Star Game in the fastest uh, skater competition right after that. I mean, she obviously made history. And and when I said, you know, there's a movement for women right now and women's hockey and professional hockey, like she was a huge part of that. And she's what kept that movement going. 
And after that, she did like NBC Sports, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh played. I was covering Tampa Bay. So she was in Pittsburgh to do that game between the glass. And for me, it was just so fun. I got to interview her before the game about her all-star experience. She was just getting her feet wet in broadcast. And I kind of, my dad happened to be there for the Lemieux camp. So all three of us had dinner hmm. that night, um, you know, when she was about to do the game. So that was kind of when we really started talking. We exchanged numbers and we had some great conversation. And for me, I just think she's been a great role model, an excellent leader, uh, somebody that a lot of young women are going to look up to and a lot of little you know, boys and girls, players are, are going to say, like, I, I can win an Olympic gold medal and I can do what she's doing, broadcast, youth camps, development. Uh, she's just doing it all, and she's just world-class. So she's been a, a really important person to me when I look at the NHL and hockey and, and how she's really not just changing the landscape for women, but just a great leader uh, in person and a great representative for USA Hockey. Going back to working with Pat yesterday, I, were you were you like what five six years old when your dad was traded? I believe from the Blackhawks to Detroit in the yeah, in the in the late true. in the late night. Do you do you remember watching Pat call your dad's games when he was with the Blackhawks, or is is that too a little bit, a little too far in the memory bank? A little too far in the memory <laughs> bank, but I like I always remember just like whenever we saw him and we come back to Chicago, I always remembered him very distinctly and then when I worked in Tampa Bay and I saw him like for the first time in the NHL like while I was in the NHL now working come back to do games it was kind of surreal like that I was young and in Chicago and like obviously we have so much history watching the Blackhawks and just being still invested in Chicago I mean it's where my my dad grew up his family stayed and where I ended up spending a lot of my life in college and and stuff so it was just still cool. Like I, I listened to all of his games and everything, even watching the Hawks win their cups during that reign. So it, I still listened to Pat Foley. And so to be like working in the NHL, not with him, obviously, while I was in Tampa, but just even in, in, the, in and around the same spaces was still really special. So like to get that chance, like I said, in the booth, like I was so nervous. <laughs> like I, I don't know how I'm expected to follow up with the Hall of Famer who is just synonymous with, you know, one of the greatest voices in hockey and synonymous with the Blackhawks. It was a, it was a privilege to join him, and he carried me. It was great. We're talking with Kaylee Chelios here on Blackhawks Live. And one more before we let you go, Kaylee, but uh, you've been following along this team all year long, and now the move is a rebuild. Kyle Davidson has been very vocal with that word. Um, what what are your thoughts on the Blackhawks moving forward with this rebuild? Anyone that you think is untouchable for this team? Any any dark horse that you think the Blackhawks should definitely keep this type of player for a rebuild? Or, or just any general thoughts on it? I like the transparency now. It, it seems like even though I've been in Tampa Bay, I've still covered and, and follow a lot of everything going on in the NHL, but I just remember being in the same division as Chicago last season. There was kind of the, the youth movement was the phrase. And, you know, now I think it's good that Kyle Davidson and the front office want to be as transparent as possible from the interview process to the GM to now. And so saying they're in a rebuild, you know, there's no question marks. There's no mixed messages. That was sort of what happened, I thought, this year in signing some of the veteran players. We weren't really sure, like, is this going to be a playoff contending team? And what deficiencies are they going to have? And obviously, to this point, they're they're not looking great to make the playoffs. So there's 
some deficiencies that have been exposed more often than not when Marc-Andre Fleury's not in net. So, I I mean, I think it, it seems like there's a, a possibility that Marc-Andre Fleury might want to be here for the rebuild, and I think that's a, an impre- incredible player to have on your roster, especially for a lot of these young players that the Hawks have. So right now it's about getting better. And one player who I've, I mean, he's not really a dark horse anymore because he's one of the best players and point producers on the team, but Brandon Hagel going from a healthy scratch last season to a six rounder that's way exceeded expectations and been a a top point producer on this team is somebody who I, I know they've been pretty adamant about wanting some big returns for if they're going to get rid of him. But I think he should be a big part of this future. I also really like what Derek King has said about players like Mackenzie Entwistle, mm-hmm. um, who I think, too, just players that work hard. And he may be in more of a bottom six role, but he just seems like he has a higher ceiling maybe than people give him credit for with his work ethic. Um, and just his character in Tampa, I thought a lot of their success was predicated in covering them for six years on just having players that would buy in, take less money in order to know what it would take to win a championship, just good character people, family people. Um, and so I, I think, you know, as many of those kind of people, Alex Debrink, it's going to be one of the key leaders and to me untouchable on this team uh, moving forward. And as we we wait, we'll wait and see what happens to Taze and Kane. You guys probably have a better idea just being around here and and having a better feel for what they mean um, to this organization. But for me, I'd like to think that Patrick Kane, if he can, depending on some of the decisions that will be made in the next few months, he'd love to play for one franchise. Like you said, it's an honor, it's a privilege, and he's somebody who I could see definitely doing that. Kaylee, we really appreciate all the time you've had for us on this Monday night. I, I got an idea, though. If you want to go ahead and text your husband and just say, hey, this is going to be another 20, 25 <laughs> minutes, buy yourself some more time. And just then, keep talking on the phone even though we're not here. Yeah, yeah. We, we won't oh, tell okay, anyone. I'm definitely not going upstairs, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so Kay- I'm not going there for the wine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Kaylee, thank you so much. We'll see you around the United Center. Thanks, Kaylee. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Take care. You too. That's Kaylee Chelios. Uh, big thanks to her for coming on. We, uh, we've we got something to tell you about for tomorrow night's game. The Blackhawks have some cool things going on at the atrium for the upcoming St. Patrick's Day. Uh, stay tuned for that. More Blackhawks Live coming up next, 720 WGN. If you're heading to tomorrow night's Blackhawks game or thinking about heading there, this will probably put you on the other side of the fence. The atrium doors are going to open up at 5 o'clock with special St. Patrick's Day festivities, including green beer, which everyone loves, uh, commemorative cups, corned beef sandwiches, photo opportunities, plus live Irish music from the Joyce Boys and dance performers from the Trinity Irish Dancers and Sheila Healy Irish Dancers beginning at 5.30. Should be a fun time. You're going to get up there and dance with them or not? I am not. No, I, no. no. I, I, you know, I, I'm just a wee bit Irish. I, I, I don't have much in me, and I don't think I'd, anyone would want to see me uh, go up there and dance. Anaheim Ducks in town. Blackhawks beat them, what, 3 nothing back in early uh, mid-January That was a fun so. game, yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see if they can uh, make it 2-0 and against... Uh, Derek King's good buddy, Dallas Eakins, behind the Ducks bench. Again, if you're not going to the game, tune in on 720 WGN at 730. We'll have the pregame at 7 o'clock. That's going to do it for Blackhawks Live. Sunshine next Monday night during Blackhawks Live. That's Chris Bowden with the right idea. I'm Joe Brand. Big thanks to Curtis Koch and Kaylee Chelios. We'll talk to you next week. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN.